0: What we are trying to do at T-Hub is, you know, essentially focus on creating a large scale movement to support entrepreneurs, provide them with access to, you know, the resources, access to capabilities, which will help them to convert ideas into business. And once businesses are set up, how can they scale? Many of these investors have still, have raised large rounds of money in 2021. So a lot of it is still waiting to be deployed. So if you still have a good idea, Solving a problem which can impact, you know, either lots of businesses or lots of consumers. Good demonstrated proof of, you know, capability to execute. You will probably still get funded.
1: Hi, my dear listeners. Welcome back to yet another episode on Inspire Someone today. When the world is going through what is called as entrepreneurs economy, where a lot of hope is on the entrepreneurs building the nation's economy. We couldn't ask for a better guest than Mr. MSR who is joining us today. So MSR is a veteran in the IT industry. He is the chief executive officer of the T-Hub, which is in the mission of driving results and collaboration for entrepreneurs' success. It's my absolute honor and pleasure to welcome MSR onto the show for uh, the benefit of our listeners. MSR is what he's fondly called as his Mahan Kali Srinivas Rao. MSR, welcome to Inspire Someone today.
0: Thank you, Srikant. Thank you for having me. Heard uh, so many good things about Inspire Someone today, and feel very humbled and privileged and honored to be part of the show. Thank you for having me again.
1: Thank you so much, MSR. So we'll jump right in, MSR. I did mention about the entrepreneurs and the startup ecosystem leading the way in building a nation's economy, and you are at the center of all of this action. You are the CEO of T Hub. What is it? What is your role as part of the CEO of T Hub?
0: So I think so. Just a little bit of history. I think uh, T Hub as an entity was set up back in uh, 2015, and the whole idea was how do we essentially catalyze around uh, two main themes. One is around entrepreneurship and second is around innovation. So we all recognize that, uh, you know, innovation is paramount in today's time and age. And particularly, even if you take what's happened in the last few years, you know, where we've had a pandemic, we've had geopolitical issues, which has led to breakdown of supply chains and so on. So innovation is absolutely important, right? And uh, obviously, I think there's widespread recognition that entrepreneurship is the way to go. India is demographically a young country, but we need lots of jobs to be created, and clearly, you know, jobs have to be created now by not necessarily by government, but by private enterprise, and obviously, entrepreneurs be at the center of that. Right. So, from that standpoint, what we are trying to do at T Hub is, you know, essentially focus on creating a large-scale movement to support entrepreneurs, provide them with access to, you know, the resources access to capabilities, which will help them to convert ideas into business. And once businesses are set up, how can they scale? So that's what we are trying to do. And obviously working with the entire ecosystem. So when you think of an entrepreneurship ecosystem, obviously entrepreneurs are at the center, right? But you also need the support of large industries, people who built businesses. They have a responsibility of paying it forward, supporting early stage businesses. Then you, of course, need the support of academia, research institutions, the funding ecosystem, which is, you know, banks, venture capitalists, private equity players, micro VC funds, angel investors, etc. You also need support from uh, government by way of, you know, policies to support early stage businesses, policies, uh, incentives, frameworks to support early stage businesses. The media plays a big role in, you know, creating aspirational around uh, role models and all of that. So that's what we are trying to do work as a catalyst to synthesize and get all these different ecosystem players, including industry associations, right? To represent both large and small businesses to work together.
1: I think uh, you coined the right phrase there, work as a catalyst. More so now than ever, where it's kind of a double-edged sword. On one hand, the startup ecosystem is driving the change. On the other hand, there are major headwinds that is coming across, call it the recession, call it the investment winter, the new uh, waves of uh, COVID, so on and so forth. So with all of these coming at us thick and fast, how is the startup ecosystem gearing up towards all of these uh, major challenges?
0: I think, to answer the question about potential impact, we were hearing these words about funding winter. If you go back two years ago, 2021 was the year of scorching summer. And 2022, we are in the funding winter because 2021, so much funding happened, so much money came into the ecosystem, etc. So now I'll give you some numbers, you know, to show that it is, the scene is not as gloomy or as dark as people are making it out. So overall funding has come down. Clearly, if you just look at numbers, the numbers I'm seeing are, you know, there was about $41 billion of capital which came into the startup ecosystem in 2021. And it came down to over 25 billion in 2022, right? And I guess we're still waiting for the final numbers. But so these are numbers which one, one has heard from people in the VC ecosystem. So at one lens, it does look like there's been a significant drop, you know, close to a 40% drop. But to start dipping, you know, start peeling the onion a little more and start getting deeper. The interesting thing is the early stage funding has gone up by 22%. Okay, it has gone up from 9 billion to 11 billion. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the early stage investments are still happening. The later stage investments, right? Some of these, what you call growth stage or late stage investments, that has slowed down because clearly I think most investors now start to recognize that many of these companies grown very quickly with lots of money being pumped in, have not yet been able to demonstrate a path to profitability, right? So what is now really important for many of those companies is to show that they can grow, they can grow quickly but also at the same time grow profitably, right? So if they cannot demonstrate a path to profitability, then obviously funding for them is becoming difficult. So to come back, I think, as I said, early stage investment is still happening. As you can see, evidenced by the fact that there's a 22% increase in funding. One, second is there's a lot of focus on profitability, right? And uh, third is uh, many of these investors have still have raised large rounds of money in 2021. So, a lot of it is still waiting to be deployed. So, if you still have a good idea call solving a problem which can impact, you know, either lots of businesses or lots of consumers, good demonstrated proof of, you know, capability to execute, you will probably still get funded.
1: So, there is still money out there for great ideas for uh, things that has massive impact across the spectrum. That's the message out
0: there. Yeah. And as long as you can demonstrate, you know, path to profitability. I think one of
1: the other pieces that has not done well for the startup uh, ecosystem is also the negative press around the inability to make profits, deliver profits, long working hours, so on and so forth. So again, you are at the center of all of this action. So what is your message for people working on wanting to be part of the startup ecosystem? How much of it is press? How much of it is reality? I shed some light on that.
0: So I think fair to say, now, obviously, you know, some of the larger companies, right, what you might call Pang, you know, Facebook, Google, etc. So they have announced some layoffs in certain businesses. And obviously, when you start digging deeper, some of those businesses were businesses which, you know, they hired a lot of people, right? And they, even these large companies sometimes have not been able to figure out a path to profitability in certain businesses, right? So for example, to take somebody like Amazon. With Alexa, I think they've still not been able to figure out how to monetize. So there are certain businesses which have where they've had to let go of people because they recognize that haven't been able to figure out a way to profitability at scale. So that is what is happening. So it clearly, I think there are two ways of looking at it. You know, you can either look at the glass being half full or half empty, right? So from that standpoint, while there are layoffs, it is clearly, I mean, every business end of the day has a responsibility to ensure it can demonstrate a sustained path to profitability. And the businesses which are, you know, having to now lay off people are businesses which have really struggled to figure out how to, you know, convert the initial momentum, for example, getting so many customers on board, etc. But if you haven't been able to figure out how to monetize those customers well, right, or in some cases, you let your marketing spend get significantly ahead of the curve, that's when you have had to pull back. These are cycles which happen. Right. So I think we are in a, you know, about to be in another cycle. This is a good way. I think some ways, sometimes some things like this, you know, you might say that 2021 was a year of irrational exuberance, if you will. So you'll now start to see some sanity coming back and businesses which are fundamentally strong are built on solving, you know, are built on identifying good problems to solve. I figured out how to solve those problems, solve them at scale and yet figure out how to do it profitability are those which will sustain and grow. Think about it, right? Every slowdown has led to lots of great companies coming out. You know, companies like Slack, etc. came out in 2009. Even if you go back in time, companies like HP back in the Great Depression in the 1930s were born during the Depression, right? So I think this is a good time. It is hard. But sometimes you have to think about this light at the end of the dark tunnel
1: And MSR, you are at the center of a lot of these players, right? You have the investment funds on one end, the government on the other end, academia, and then the startup founders themselves. And the old school of thought is that we are always kind of getting carried away with this short-termism rather than looking at some of these businesses from a long-term lens. So what is your view on this and how do you kind of bring in this element of long-termism into the startup ecosystem?
0: So I think uh two parts, right? So first of all, when you're trying to start something, you always ask anybody who says, Listen, I want to start a business, ask yourself first of all, what is your motivation to start that, right? I think that is important. If the motivation, for example, unfortunately, and of course I fair to say that I haven't heard too many people say this, the motivation is to say, Listen, there are ten other people who've started businesses, have got some crazy valuations and have made a lot of money in a short period of time, that is the wrong motive for you to think about starting a business fundamentally when you think about starting something first is you have to ask yourself some very very fundamental questions which is why do you think you should you know if you want to start what is the problem you think you can solve okay what is the nature of the problem is the problem something which is impacting a lot of people second is what are the existing solutions to solve that problem and whatever solution you are going to figure out to solve that problem is it a differentiated solution you know how is it that you can demonstrate, you can build to scale, you know, how can you ensure you create sustainable, competitive advantage, you know, what we call moat, right? How is it differentiated, etc. Those are questions which you have to ask yourself. And I think most ideas fail. Obviously, many startups fail for a variety of reasons. But I think if you start with the root cause, sometimes the problem you're solving for, maybe you're way ahead of time, you know, it's an idea whose time has not yet come. Or the solution which you are building is something where there's no significant sustainable competitive differentiation. Third is maybe execution is flawed, right? You haven't figured out your product market fit or your go-to-market strategy, etc. Sometimes the team is not appropriately in place. The right team is not in place. They have a great idea, they Have a bunch of great technical folks, but who don't understand how to do you know sales, distribution, marketing, and so on, right? So these are some of the reasons why some things don't work out.
1: So we are here talking with MSR, the CEO of T-Hub, talking about the nuances of the startup ecosystem, the challenges, Is winter really coming. So MSR has been a long-term veteran in the IT sector before he took on the role of the CEO of T-Hub. He has played multiple roles. Would be a good intervention point MSR to know a bit about your backstory. He has been there, seen it all. So how do you see the IT sector then when you started off? Now, and what is your crystal ball into the future?
0: Sure. So I think, Tikant, I started off many, many years ago. In fact, some of my younger friends call me a dinosaur, right? Because they say you've been around forever. So this is, happens to be my 36th year at work. So I've seen uh, several waves happening. So obviously, you know, today, I think IT more than ever, the move to digital transformation is fundamentally changing the way business is going to be done. And every day, for example, I think the current flavor of the day is, you know, this GPT kind of thing, right? Which is now talking about how it can make a lot of businesses and a lot of people redundant, for example, sort of thing. So, again, I think technology evolves as long as technology evolves to solve current challenges, right? So we have, despite all the advances in technology, there are still many challenges to solve. So, for example, we talk about sustainability. For example, we can talk about the whole EV ev revolution etc but even in within that right we all know that fundamental source of material in the ev space is lithium and today we know that mining for lithium is not environmentally sustainable right for example so i think uh, in terms of newer age technologies i think obviously ai computer vision right ar vr the metaverse right etc are trends which are right now on and uh, including you know, other things like, for example, we've talked about blockchain. Blockchain, again, is unfortunately it somehow got clubbed with, you know, with crypto, whereas they're actually two separate distinct elements, you know, and crypto, as you know, has gone through a set of issues which are essentially need to be fixed at a regulatory level sort of thing. But I think, you know, so there are advances in health, in uh, telemedicine, right? In education, We there is reimagining the future of work etc. All of which I think uh, technology will play a big, big uh, role in that.
1: So has given you a long journey in the IT industry, has anything surprised you at all? Or are you glad that something happened?
0: No, I think, you know, so some parts of this industry having been there for so long, to some extent, there are what you call fads in the industry. Suddenly, there's a technology which appears to show a lot of promise. And then, you know, so for example, a lot of my early career was in the networking space. So there were technologies like uh, ATM, the automated machine, but asynchronous transfer mode. Now, today, if you talk to anybody about ATM, people won't know about it. So there was, uh, we started with 10Base, you know, we started with ArcNet, then we moved to Ethernet, then we moved to 10Base-T, then we moved to 10Base-100, then we moved to ATM, FDDI, and uh, so on. So some of those technologies today are, you know, so I, what I'm trying to basically say is, Technology, sometimes I think the media and industry proponents tend to hype it as the next big thing. But clearly there are, you know, like even if you take the story of India, think about, you know, three, four things we've done in the last less than seven, eight years. So, for example, the whole Aadhaar stack, for example, covering 1.4 billion people and giving them a digital identity where none existed before. Or even if you take more recently the work done on UPI, right, where I think by far India is now way ahead of anywhere of the rest of the world in terms of uh, how digital payments are getting done. Or even if you take Coven, right? The Coven app, for example, in terms of healthcare. Similarly, other initiatives now like ONDC, etc. I think we have clearly solving issues for the public good is something whose you know, time has come to stay.
1: Wonderful. And on that note, if you we were to kind of say, these are the two or three future skills that one needs to acquire, a lot of our listeners, or folks in the technology space, in the IT sector, what would those skills be that individuals should focus on?
0: I'll give you a slightly different answer. So I'll put it this way, right? You take even my own journey. In the last 36 years, so for example, when I was growing up, we learned something called Fortran 77, we learned Pascal, we learned COBOL. Now tell me how many of those skills are relevant today, right? So obviously now there's a whole new set of programming languages which you use, etc. So where I'm coming from is, I think as opposed to just learning, you know, I can give you a prescription saying learn these four or five, you know, learn for example, data analytics is going to be big, so figure out how to do data analytics, understand you know, machine learning, etc. But I'll tell you where I think as opposed to just learning specific set of skills, I think if individuals focus on essentially the four Cs, if you will, right, which is about you know, critical thinking, creativity collaboration, and communication, right? These are four skills. So I think I'll put it this way, right? I think technology will shift every five years and the pace of change of technology is rapid. So what will stand you in good stead is these four things, which is being able to think your way through a problem critically, one, right? Being able to question why, you know, and not accepting anything, you know, at face value, but really getting deeper and understanding. Second is creativity, because, you know, for example, we've all heard about this thing called the creator economy, where which didn't exist a few years ago. Collaboration, being able to work with other people as part of teams. And more than ever, it's not just good being, being technically, but also being able to communicate. So these four C's are what I put a lot of energy and focus on. Of course, you need to learn hard score tech skills as well. But these four things are things which will carry you through these multiple waves of technology shift, which you'll start to see.
1: I think that's a good list to have to kind of uh, reinforce to the ever-changing technology landscape. So while that is true for uh, everybody to kind of look out for in the future, what has helped you to prepare for these roles, MSR? You have played multiple roles from being a founder, now currently CEO of the Startup Hub, CEO of a social impact firm. How have you prepared for uh, these roles?
0: I I've been very lucky. I've had, fortunately, I think I had, had the privilege and honor of working with some great people. So I think one of the things uh, which I feel all people should focus on, I talked about the four C's, but also I think one is learning. I think, you know, key element you have to keep focused on. So one is learning technical skills, but also learning people skills, you know, learning about skills required to manage a business. How do you orchestrate a team together? How do you identify a common sense of purpose, a common vision, alignment to that? Those are very key, you know, what you call soft skills right, which you have to learn. And I think I've been very lucky in that sense that I've had a great set of mentors to work with. I've had a lot of people from whom I've drawn inspiration. I think stay very rooted, stay very grounded, you know, always focus on asking yourself, you know, what is the impact one is making, right? And uh, what do we need to do to do this better? It's about uh, continuing to learn all the time, continuing to keep your skills current and, you know, working from a, essentially, Chinese philosopher once said, To know that we do not know, that is learning. So it's about continuously learning, upgrading your knowledge, your skills.
1: So if you are ready, we'll uh, get started with the power of three round MSR.
0: Uh, Sure, Srikant, look forward. Okay,
1: great. Again, this question comes as no surprise to you, MSR, because you are at the cusp of everything that is happening in the startup world. Three startups to watch out for, maybe from India, maybe globally. What are the three startups to watch out for?
0: So sure, I think one is the obvious one, ChatGPT, for sure, right? Uh, which I believe is now valued at 29 billion. And, you know, I guess clearly what they are doing is going to shake up and disrupt several industries, including search, etc. So that's one. Closer home, you can think of, uh, for example, one of our startups is a company called which is uh, essentially first Indian private player to work with ISRO and putting rockets into space. So they are doing what, for example, SpaceX is doing, and they're doing it for a fraction of the cost. A young team, but very highly efficient. And I think uh, clearly, Space Tech space has been regarded as the final frontier. So I think this is an entity which is going to go out and solve that thing. There are other startups that are doing some amazing work in the, I tend to have a preference for startups in the, in the deep tech space. So solving, for example, one of our startups. Solving for, you know, uh, how to get more accurate diagnosis assessment for cancer, right? Which is a big, big, today, even today, despite all the advances in medical science, continues to be a, you know, scourge, causes many, many uh, individuals to to cease to be alive. And uh, of course, for even those who are alive and go through it, it it, it is a difficult thing. So things around, uh, you know, gene therapy, cancer, those are the kinds of...
1: And in the same breath, if you were to have a say in the policy making of the country that could revolutionize our startup ecosystem? What three policy changes would you recommend?
0: So, so I think one or two, and I know the policymakers are working on it. So one, I think, is something which they can do potentially for the semiconductor industry. So today, as you know, what COVID has demonstrated to us, it impacted several industries. The semiconductor or the chip, for example, is at the heart of many things we do, and it impacts multiple industries. So clearly there is, while there is a significant focus with uh, things around the production incentive schemes for large companies setting up large fabs, India needs to figure a way out to become more and more self-reliant from the semicon space and across different sectors in the semicon space. So some things where policy incentives are drawn up specifically for startups doing work, not necessarily in, in setting up fabs because those are large investment requirements. That's one area. The second is, I think, treatment of tax. For uh, exits from startup. So as you know, listed securities, there's a typically a 15% when you exit after a period of one year. Unlisted securities, even today, is 22%. With surcharge, etc., it comes to about 28%. There's a need to equalize the treatment between listed and unlisted entities from a policy lens. And similarly, for long-term gains, uh, short-term gains, it's about 39%. Right? So those are things which I think clearly need to be looked at. And I think specifically around how do you, one more idea, which I have, and I think it's probably the hardest one to do, is clearly there are plenty of mid-level, senior level corporate executives who like to go out and start businesses. Okay, so if there is a mechanism to create, you know, something like, for example, a sabbatical, and then the companies which go out and support these people who are out on a sabbatical, if they get some kind of incentives, some kind of tax breaks, you know, for example, if CSR funding, you know, they can club it with, I think will lead to creating more and more enterprises. So these are the three things I can think of specifically. One is semicon, Second is equalization of treatment for short-term and long-term capital gains for unlisted equities type of thing. And the third is some policy around sabbaticals, etc.
1: That's wonderful. In fact, I read a recent news article that the government of UAE has taken you off the third suggestion that anybody in the government a department in UAE they can opt for a one-year sabbatical and start their own uh, startup. And the government is uh, funding for that. Great. So three routines that is unique to MSR?
0: Early riser, usually up by about 5.30. Early riser, early sleeper, usually asleep by between 10.30 and 11. And uh, second is uh, try and spend at least an hour every day trying to read something, which is basically, I keep saying that today, none of us can offer to rest on uh, our laurels. So we have to keep learning and learning about new things, learning how to do new things, etc. So the only way you can actually do that is by reading. So early rise, early sleep. And reading. Early reading, And then uh, try and get, you know, some exercise in every day to be able to do what you want to do. You have to be both mentally and physically fit. Right, And sometimes in the quest for working harder and harder, we tend to neglect our physical health. So you need a healthy mind and a healthy body.
1: Uh, some same routines out there. Since you did mention about uh, reading, definitely would want to get some recommendations from you. What are your three book recommendations?
0: Some of these are books which read a long time ago, but something which I've read multiple times. So the one book which has made a profound impact on me is a book, a very old book. It's actually almost close to 80 years old. It's a book called uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. So he was actually a Nazi concentration camp survivor and had to go through a lot of trials and tribulations to survive. And obviously at that time it was so easy to succumb and give up. But he, you know, stayed the course and went on to do a lot of things. So that book, profound, you know, I always think all of us must have purpose in life. You know, why are we doing what we are doing? Right? And unless we have that central core purpose, it's very hard for us to accomplish something impactful and meaningful. So the first book I would recommend is Man's Search for Meaning. That's the first. The second is again another fairly old book this is a book called to kill a mockingbird this is by topple lee again probably must be close to 50 or 60 years old this is about you know somebody you know this is as something about an incident in the south of the us when you know when racism was still you know was there and segregation was there etc again a very profound moving book when you are very focused on your objectives and when you want to fight on the side of truth you know so that's the kind of book i'm talking about and the third of course is the Bhagavad Gita, which obviously I don't think requires any elaboration.
1: Absolutely, there's some good three recommendations out there. Sir, I'm sure, uh, MSR, in your long career that you have had so far, there are, and you did mention about mentors helping you along the way. What are those three advices that has helped you to shape up your career?
0: First is focus. Okay, you know whatever you are doing, be focused on what you're doing. Okay, there are, I mean, obviously. You know, I grew up in a time when, you know, we didn't have TV, we didn't have internet, we didn't have social media. So today, you know, young people have a lot of these distractions. But I think the one thing I've learned is when you want to get something done, it's very important to stay focused. So that's the first. Second is persistence. So hard things take time to build a business or to build a, you know, to build a movement of, for example, around entrepreneurship takes time. So you require to be, you know, persistent. You need to be determined you need to learn to take no for an answer but then st- keep keep uh, striving further and i think the last one is i think i always say this people don't recognize the potential they have many times we are all capable of doing a lot and i think uh, the only thing we owe to ourselves is always to be the best that we can be i always ask whenever you're doing something keep asking yourself continuously is this the best that i can do or can i do better you will actually be surprised to know to see how many times you can do Far better than your own expectations as long as you put in the effort. So focus, persistence, determination and uh, be the best that you can be.
1: Be the best version. Awesome. Well, coming to the end of the power of three round, the last of the power of three round MSR. If we had to invite any three individuals for lunch or dinner, who would those three individuals be?
0: So first I would have Mahatma Gandhi. Second is I would love to have Gautam Buddha. And uh, third, I'd like to have, I'm thinking whether more recent times, whether it should be Nelson Mandela or Ratan Tata, hard choice. So let me go with all four with your permission.
1: I think three of the four are no longer there. So it's very interesting uh, list of people whom we have selected. Yeah. Curious to know if we have a lunch or dinner with Ratan Tata, what would you ask him?
0: Yeah, so Mr. Tata is now in his 80s, right? So he's gone through a long journey. So... A lot of questions to ask, but first is what keeps him so active, so energetic, his age? What motivates him every single day to do what he does? One. Second is, you know, if there were, like you are asking me, right? If there were three or four nuggets which he would offer to an aspiring young entrepreneur, right? As well as, uh, let's say, a middle-aged executive on how to build businesses which essentially profit with purpose kind of thing, what would those takeaways be, right? I mean, of course, I would have many more questions, but but I
1: think these two, three things. Great. That sums up the power of three round MSR. Thank you so much for that. We'll continue our conversations with MSR, CEO of T-Hub. MSR, you have presided businesses as a founder, as an investor, VC, visionary. You have seen a lot of organizations in close quarters. An intriguing question on my mind is, what makes businesses a success or failure?
0: So I think the first and foremost thing is focus. Mm -hmm. I always say that uh, businesses will succeed as long as the businesses, first of all, you know, going back to what I said in the beginning of the conversation we had, which is, do you have a clear understanding of the problem you're trying to solve? Do you have a figured out a solution and how scalable, different, competitively, you know, advantageous is the solution. These are the fundamental things. And of course, how do you execute, you know, how do you make, how do you solve a problem? How do you figure out how to make money? Can you make money in a sustainable way? And can you do it in a responsible way, taking all the stakeholders into account? That's what it really is to build a large scale uh, business.
1: And the fundamental to that is the clarity of thought. Unless until you don't have that clarity of thought, none of these things will kind of come up. And on close heels to that is leadership. What kind of leadership is needed in today's
0: world? Sure. So I think uh, there are different styles of leadership, but today's time, you know, when we talk about Z and all of that, I think also given all that has happened in the last two years, right, with so much disruption, I think clearly command and control type of leadership doesn't work now. It's really more about being empathetic leadership. So empathetic meaning you understand what essentially empathy is being about being able to put yourself in the other person. So being empathetic, being visionary in terms of being able to almost go People listen, if we do all of this, this will lead, you know, this is the promised journey. This is the promised path. So being able to articulate vision, being able to communicate, being humble and grounded, being visionary, right? And also walking the talk, not just being good at whatever, you know, people look up to leaders for them to, people are always watching leaders to see if they are actually walking the talk. So I would say focused, determined, persistent, you know, visionary, empathetic, humble, and execution-oriented.
1: Great. And there's a whole new breed of individuals who want to be startup founders lining up out there. What would be your piece of advice to these who want to be startup founders as they prepare to jump into the bandwagon of being an entrepreneur?
0: I think, again, uh, we'll go over the same ground, which is okay. why do you want to do this? What problem? What solution? How different? Are you prepared for a long, tough ride? You know, it's going to be hard. No business suddenly becomes an overnight instant success. So do you have the technical smarts, the business smarts? Do you have the persistence? And, you know, those four skills I talked about at the beginning, right? Communication, collaboration, critical thinking, right? And creativity. Do you have all of those in good measure to actually accomplish something?
1: And drawing from your experience, MSR, any startups that didn't go well, and they went back to the drawing board, reassessed this situation and did a fantastic job. Any examples, any anecdotes that you can share with us?
0: Yeah, so this word called pivot is very popular now, right? So many companies, so including many of our startups, for example, you know, so I'll give you a simple framework, which I think about. And I ask all founders to use this framework is, you know, you can think about a problem or a solution some ways in terms of what I call a VD framework, you know, vital, essential and desirable, right? So is the product, service, platform, etc., which you are building something which is going to solve a very, very critical, important problem? So that's the vital part, and similarly, the essential part and the desirable part is what you are building a nice to have or a must have. If you have a if you are solving for a nice to have, chances are you will struggle because there's you know fair amount of discretion, right? Is there a you know what you call you know you can also think of another framework which is you know no known knowns unknown knowns and, you know, unknown unknowns, right? So depending on which, you know, which category you fall into, you have to figure your way out and, you know, solve. Always listen to your consumers, listen to your customers, and you, they're probably the best judge of what you should be doing before you, you know, spend time fleshing out your idea, talk to as many people, get some feedback, and don't, just because you're technically smart, don't go out and start thinking you can build a business. That
1: doesn't work. That's wonderful. So we had nothing short of a masterclass of uh, what it takes to succeed in a startup ecosystem, but by none other than the man himself who is at the helm of driving some of these initiatives as part of his efforts as CEO of T-Hub. Looking at your actionable insights from today's conversation. Take it. Implement it and see the difference.
2: Hello, everyone. As individuals and organizations seeking to gain momentum in the startup ecosystem in India, MSR offered interesting insights about purpose, values, leadership traits, and what it would take to navigate the changing landscape of entrepreneurship. What stood out for me from the conversation was his emphasis on building four Cs as learning skills required to stay relevant wherever you are. Skills like the four Cs, critical thinking, creativity, communication, and collaboration are part of what is called the 21st century skills that are absolutely essential for a person to become capable of growth and change in today's world. Creativity is key to innovation. People who think creativity can see things from different angles. This skill can help you find easier solutions to more complicated tasks. Collaboration consists of making connections between people and areas, and of course, teamwork with a focus on contribution and building good relationships and partnerships. Effective communication is essential for building lifelong connections with other people. Today, more than ever, our words don't just communicate, they need to motivate. Words motivate people to adopt our ideas, to be more productive, connect, and build trust. This means we have to be more purposeful with our communication. So we have to make those words count. The fourth, critical thinking, if you ask me, might be the most challenging skill to master among the four Cs. And it is the one I will talk about a bit more today. Critical thinking is the ability to think clearly and rationally about what to do or what to believe. It includes the ability to understand the logical connections between ideas Evaluate arguments systematically, reflect on the justification of one's own beliefs, and so on. It is also considered a higher level of cognitive skill. A good way to pick up this skill is just to practice. There is no other way. Continue to make conscious effort to improve ourselves, avoid biases, and maintain objectivity. The first step to critical thinking, I would say, is to consider more than one point of view. Don't believe everything you're told. Consider, there may be other possible solutions or methods. Evaluate every side to the story or problem. And the strength and weaknesses of these arguments to make an informed decision. Next, is to ask lots of open-ended questions. Being curious. Being able to ask who, what and why questions is necessary. Third, practice active listening. Listen carefully to what others are telling you and try to build a clear picture of their perspective. The fourth most important step, and my favorite, is don't believe everything you think. Just because you've always done something in a certain way doesn't mean it's the right way. Question your assumptions and beliefs. Be open to considering different points of view and the validity of other arguments that you come across. And I'm sure you might just learn something new. With this, I would like to thank each of you for listening to this podcast today.
1: We are at that cusp of the program where uh, we take time to say goodbye to our guest. But before that, this show is all about creating ripples of inspiration, MSR. So what is your Inspire Someone Today message to
0: all of our listeners? This is a great time to build a business in India. We have... The eyes of the whole world are in India so build in India build for the world stay focused be persistent the world will be in your hands
1: the world will be in your hands if you are focused if you are persistent that's the message coming out there listeners MSR thank you so much for taking time and sharing your experience and your thoughts on what it takes to build a thriving startup ecosystem thank you so much
0: thank you thank you Srikant thank you for having me
1: Thank you for listening into today's edition of Inspire Someone Today. It's been a privilege to bring in these conversations. If you like this episode and have any feedback or comments, do mail me at inspire someone today podcast at the rate gmail.com. Inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us. If you like what to listen, Feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration. Do not forget to follow me on my Instagram handle at the rate Inspire Someone Today podcast for all the latest updates. This is Srikanth, your host signing off and until next time, keep inspiring.